You're listening to Tim Talks, Taking Interest in Ministry, a conversation between two great friends with over 70 years of ministry between them. Ministering on opposite sides of the border, Dr. Al Stone is the General Director of Bearing Precious Seed Canada and Pastor Emeritus of the Bible Baptist Church in St. Thomas, Ontario, Canada, while Pastor Dan Wolven pastors the North Columbus Baptist Church in Columbus, Ohio. Listen now as Al and Dan review and relate their experiences in hopes of helping others who are taking an interest in ministry. Now, here is Tim Talks. Welcome to Tim Talks. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to do it one more time, but this time in stereo. Here we go. That's right. There's not just, oh, yeah. Cue, cued it right. Cued it right. With us today in studio in Mount Vernon, Ohio, Pastor Joshua Lehman holding a Tim Hortons cup in his hand, drinking of the nectar of heaven. Here it is. And Brother Wolven is... Well, you know, you you stand against the world no matter what. No matter, you know, let let the majority do what they want to do, but... Let the minority. What's that? Stand we can't hear life. you. We can't hear you over the goodness. <laughs> you don't even have water today. You're waterless. Well, yeah. Well, I was very late getting here. Yes, you were. And for that, we're docking your pay. Oh man, <laughs> you're down to two cents. <laughs> oh, I didn't know I got a raise. Yeah, yeah. Well, we took it away as quickly as we gave it. <laughs> Pastor Lehman's with us, brother Lehman. How are you? I am fantastic. We are having the time of our lives here. Missions conference at uh, it has been awesome. Mount Vernon Baptist Temple. Awesome. Yes, okay, so you say Lehman or Layman? Layman. Layman is the so. proper Layman. pronunciation. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because I want to make sure that I wasn't saying it wrong, but I know well, there's bro- brother Canadian Stone, pronunciation. Brother Stone exactly. can't say about correctly right. and yes. he throws an a at the end of mm-hmm. words okay. that ought not be there so, so i give him he grace. misspells center yes C-E-N-T-R-E. i always <laughs> i always say layman i always say layman but here's the deal so i went on just to double check today because you spell l-e-h right yes sir m-e-n yep that's Lehman. yeah it's layman right. but layman yeah i yeah. e-h is a. A, I guess. Yeah, that's true. I should have known that one. I blew it. I blew it. <laughs> no, it's yeah. it's great. I don't have any problems. Good. I know who you're talking to, so yeah, we're that's okay. Right. That's right. Um, Tallest man in the room. Easy yes, to, easy sir. To yeah. Point him out. Yeah, but you have nice hair. <laughs> and I have nice hair. And he has a great beard. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes. We always find the little chink in the armor. That's that's how we feel good about ourselves. I, I'm I'm good. Bald is beautiful. Bald is beautiful. <laughs> Bald is beautiful. <laughs> yes, it is. Wow. This church, I didn't even tell you this, Brother Wolven, but this church uh, Sunday under the leadership of their pastor just made a huge commitment. So we need $30,000 to finish off our matching mm-hmm. for the 250000 Canadian, yes. 186000 He gets up in the pulpit and he says, Church... I think we could finish this out. I think we should finish this out. Amen. What, what do you think? What do you think we could do? How could we do this? And he said, "Give me a number. Give me a number. Somebody give me a number that you think we could do." And a guy yells out thirty thousand. He goes, "Okay, that's what we're going to do." Oh, that's wonderful. And somebody in the church contacted him yesterday and say, "I will match up to fifteen thousand dollars, whatever you can raise during the missions conference." Amen. So we have just a couple of days left. That's so, awesome. So uh, it's it's interesting to see what's going to happen. The so Lord. It's exciting. So. Yeah, this is stretching my faith because in my head I'm like, we want to help finish this off, not we want to finish this <laughs> off. Yeah. We want to help, and yes. so I have five thousand, ten thousand in my head, 
And but I want the church to be on board. I don't want to just this is what we're gonna do. Yes. Hey, what can we do? And a wonderful man in our church hollers it out. Thirty thousand. <laughs> and and then you're just watching God work. And Amen. that's been the beauty of it. Yeah. It's strengthening my faith, watching Amen. my church grow. And I'm going, Lord, I don't know what to do. How are we gonna do this? We've never done something like this. Yeah. And and all of a sudden someone comes in and says, Hey, I'll do fifteen if you can get the rest of the fifteen. And Isn't that now great? thirty went down to fifteen. Yes. And now we're just talking to people. So we're gonna do it. And yeah. by Amen. faith, yeah. whether the money's here or not, I said it. Yeah. By faith, yeah. we're cutting a check for thirty thousand Wednesday night. Amen. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know it's exciting. You know it may uh, bounce. But. If I could just help you out a little bit, make sure it's written out to bearing precious seed. <laughs> we confirmed that okay. last night. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I actually said we're gonna cut Doctor Stone a check. Wait, hold, stop. We're gonna cut bearing precious in Canada a check. It all goes home. It all goes home. So somebody said, uh, who was it said last night? Oh, um, oh, what's his name's here? Uh, Frank? Uh, yeah, Brother Frank, Suglio. Yeah. Brother Suglio. Uh, he gets up and he goes, hey, you guys notice how Brother Stone can throw his voice and say things and you think it's somebody else? I said, oh, no, I said 40,000. I said 40. So. <laughs> so that's awesome. Awesome, awesome. Well, listen, Brother Wolven, you you know Brother Layman as well as yes. I do. And um, I don't know that you've had the, the opportunity to sit down and talk with him like I've had this week and his dear wife. They have an amazing story. Amen. And uh, I just, I really felt that it was worth repeating and helping others with it because I know others that have been in similar situation. And so this week, I would love to just kind of hear what you've got to say and then kind of pick your brain a little bit Amen. on how we can help others who are maybe gone through some of the same situation. I love it. So, so you got to give your testimony in chapters now. Yeah. So chapter one would that's, be to that's, that's, that. that's right, right. That's so okay. we'll start at the beginning because uh, it's a very good place to start, says Julie the Andrews. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So the hills, the hills of Mount Vernon are alive with the sound <laughs> of the Joshua. The hills Whoa. are alive. Wow. Brother Wolven, your voice With is getting better and better all the time. Wow. It's wow. not me. He's obviously smoked I don't, I don't a cigarette sound today. like a smoker. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Tell us where it starts. Tell us your life. Yes, sir. I'll be I'll be brief, but starting chapter one, Joshua Lehman. Born, not gonna give dates, but born to two great parents, but a split home. Mom is saved, dad is not. They were they were Never been divorced, but mm-hmm. a very dynamically split home. Mom is saved. She is an independent, fundamental Baptist. My dad is not saved. He was raised a Catholic altar boy, gone to Catholic school, all those things. But dad was okay. He was passive in that. Take the kids to church, not a problem. So I was not literally born in the nursery, but I was going yes. to an independent, fundamental Baptist church nine months before I was born. Mm-hmm. And, and that was my life. I grew up in a Christian school. It was either Christian school or homeschool, never a public school, never anything else, never any other churches, always those. And and that was my life growing up. Uh, one of the challenges, though, is not every church that claims itself to be an independent fundamental Baptist is of the same stripe. I think we would agree with that. Mm-hmm. We're all independent. Yeah. Yes. We have the ability to make our own polity, make our own decisions. But unfortunately, some of the churches, not all of them, not every pastor, but some of them were very hard, I guess, if I were going to mm-hmm. say it that right. way. Right. Uh, and, and it wasn't necessarily right. Yes. They, they doctrinally solid. 
Yes. We were not compromising on the word of God. It's the King James Bible. We were not compromising on our holiness standards. God has a standard for us to live by, but there was no grace. Mm. And and so that's how I grew up. Uh, no grace. Everything was judgment. I literally grew up thinking God was a God of war mm. and that every day I was having to appease him. Uh, and and that was me. And so I bucked. I rebelled. Uh, I wanted really nothing to do with that. I was saved at a very young age. It's it's interesting because if when people I know that knew me, they would say, oh, you got saved every Sunday. I have no recollection of any of that, but there is mm. this one time I know I was saved. You know, Romans 8, 16 says his spirit bears witness with our spirit and that we're his children. And I'm paraphrasing the verse, but I can go back to the exact date, exact Amen. time, exact information. I say date. I've pinpointed that based on my mom telling me those yes. things, but I can give you details about that night. And I know I was saved, but I walked away from God, uh, turned my life away from him, but never rejected Jesus, never said mm -hmm. that's not true, but just went into the world. Uh, somewhat like a Demas. Demas hath forsaken me. Why did you do that? Because I wanted nothing to do with a, a warmongering God, right. if I can say it in that blunt of a term. Which is basically Islam. Yes. Right? Very much so. It was God is a God of war. God is a God of wrath. God is a God of judgment. And if you don't toe the line exactly the way you're, we tell you to, then you're wrong and you're sinning and you're vile and you're wicked. And, and that was it. But there was no grace. It's not, not far from being Catholic, except for the, except for the salvation part. Correct. Right. Yeah. Very much so. Um, and so I bucked when I was a teenager. And, and I, because of my split home, my mom could not contain. You know, it, She didn't have help from dad. Mm -hmm. uh, although I remember many times growing up as a kid, my dad would look at us. And he's not saved. But he goes, why am I sending you to a Christian school if that's how you're going to act? Mm. You know, and at the time, because I'm a rebel, it just hit a hard heart. Today, I look back and I cringe and I yeah. go, wow, Lord, I want to thank you for your grace and your mercy in my life. Because if I were you, you're gone. Yeah. You're wiped off the face of the earth. But my God didn't do that because the God of the Bible doesn't do that. Amen. And, and so that was me growing up. And I was away from the Lord. So this is now chapter two. While away from the Lord. I met my amazing wife. She is incredible. And you know, other men have great wives, but they don't compare to mine. Hmm. She is the greatest. Now, her story is yeah. extremely different than mine, and yeah. I won't go into all the details, but she is open about certain things, so I'm okay saying certain things. But grew up, both parents lost. Both parents want nothing to do with God. One of them raised in a Mormon home, but they yanked from Mormonism because they got booted from the Mormon church. Hmm. Another raised in a pseudo-Christian home from a Protestant religion, but never went to church, never had anything to do with it. That was her mom and her dad. Um, her mom was committing adultery on her dad when she was very young. She got put into other rooms while these things were happening. Drugs were used in her home. Hmm. I mean, the epitome of a horrible environment running for her life when she was about five years of age, um, you know, uh, from drug lords, from drug users, you know, Sons of Silence, that, that biker gang, that mm -hmm. drug gang. Okay, that was a part of her life growing up. Mom was a drug mule. 
I don't say those things lightly. Mm. Praise God today, her mom is saved Amen. and a pastor's wife. Amen. I mean, God can do so many things, but that wasn't the home she grew up in. Mm-hmm. That home split and entered in a stepdad who was a son of a Southern Baptist preacher, mm. but similar maybe to me. He was away from the Lord, mm. uh, wanted really nothing to do with it. And But when dad came around, all the paraphernalia vanished, all the alcohol vanished, and all of a sudden we're doing good. And so she had, I like to say, she had been vaccinated to Christianity. Mm. Easter morning, Christmas morning, they were in church, but life was completely apart from it. Um, My wife, growing up in that kind of environment, went to a public school, had a boyfriend, um, but did not want to go beyond a certain place in her growing up life. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to be very somewhat vague. Sure. Uh, just because I know we have young listeners. But um, at about 15 years of age, she was raped by her boyfriend. And she viewed all men through that lens. Right. And the next few years of her life were that way. She she got pregnant at 16 years of age. Um, Her daughter, Skylar, which I will say she's my daughter too. Amen. Biologically, no, but she is mine. Amen. Um, You know, was born when my wife was just 17 years of age by two two weeks. Mm. Um, The father's parents wanted her to have an abortion. Uh, She did not allow that, praise God. Um, But she grew up in that way. I enter into her life when she is 18. And she hates me saying this, but I I say it because I just, it was lust at first sight. I Mm. looked at my wife and I was, whoa. Of course, she wasn't my wife at that point in time, but, you know. However, and here's here's some of the problem, and this is maybe chapter 2.5 or maybe chapter 3 a little bit, but she she's working with my sister-in-law. It's actually how I connected with, with them, and I went in to say hi to my sister-in-law at the Disney store in a mall, and that's where I, I saw Missy for the first time. I, my sister-in-law knows Jesus, is saved, mm-hmm. an amazing woman Okay, today, but instead of telling Missy about Jesus... She more says, you can't talk to her, Josh. You can't see her. You can't do anything because she has a kid. She doesn't say she's lost. She has a kid. Like she's Mm -hmm. used baggage. Mm -hmm. Because my sister-in-law grew up in churches similar to mine. Mm -hmm. And so we viewed viewed the lost as you're not as good as we are. Mm. Wow. Wow, that's bad. And so instead of, and, and at this point in time, Missy's searching. She's trying to figure out life, trying to figure out, is there a God? Um. And, or if there is one, does he love me? You know, and, and my sister-in-law doesn't talk to her about Jesus. Instead, just views her judgmentally. Well, there is one thing about me everyone needs to know, and I'm still this way today. And sometimes it's, most of the time it's good. Sometimes it's bad. If you tell me no, I'm going to do it. (laughs) And I'm going to rub your face in it. You will not buy us lunch. You will. (laughs) You know what? You know what? I don't even want, no, no, I, I, Praise God for his grace today. I, I don't Amen. live that way all the time, but unless I know what's right and I will do it regardless. But there I was like, you just told me, no, watch this. And I started to, you know, date my wife and I, you know, and, and you know, we didn't live right. Okay. I was still away from the Lord, but we were mm-hmm. searching. I never left Jesus, or I should say he never left me mm-hmm. because I was saved, um, blood bought, born again, eternal security. But we were trying to figure things out. We'd go to different churches or we were hit and miss Sundays, whatever. All the while, I'm still tithing. All the while, yes. I don't belong to a church, but I'm giving a tithe. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, let me interrupt. Yeah. All right. So uh, 
why are you going to churches? Because I believe the foundation was there. Amen. I believe that there was enough. I, of course, I was raised in this. I, I had read the Bible every day of my life until I decided it's irrelevant to me. Mm-hmm. And Jesus was still a part of me. And and Missy was searching. She was. Um, you're still a new creature. Yes. you're fighting against yeah, it or she's, not. She's not you're saved. You're still a new creature. So yes. you, you know there that the scripture is right. Whether you can find the right atmosphere or the right environment, you know the scripture's right. Yes. And at this point you're living together, correct? Correct. Yeah. I mean, we are we're in the world. We're living in sin. She's not saved. I'm saved. And but we are struggling. Just like anybody, any Christian especially who's not following the Bible. You Amen. have the you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. And God will reprove you and God will work on you and God will chasten you as a loving father chastens his children. Not out of judgment, I know that today. Uh, Not out of condemnation, but out of love. Amen. And so we're fighting all the time. We're yelling, we're screaming, we're we're having police called on us, you know, and and it's a nightmare. Well, one day we're having these knockdown drag out this knockdown drag out fight, and I don't know what happens. And I I literally can't say anything. There was not like, I'm going to ask this question. This was, I believe the Holy Spirit just took over and opened my mouth and inserted his voice. And in the middle of this fight, I looked at her and I said, are you saved? And I'm mad when I'm saying this. Mm. And she's like, what are you talking about? Saved from what? And it opens up to the gospel. Mm. And I'm able to lead her to the Lord. Because again, I knew all the stuff. Yes. I just wasn't living it. And that was the beginning of the change of our lives and who we are today. And so if I can insert here, this is now part two, (laughs) maybe chapter four, but part two. Okay. So let's get to that on Wednesday. Okay. So a couple of questions that I've got is, so as you've been through this in your own life, how does this, how, how do you treat a rebel today? That's a great question, and it's not an easy answer. Right. Because I guess the first reaction is I'm going to treat them individually. Hmm. I'm going to look at that individual, and I'm going to ascertain why are you rebelling? Mm -hmm. What is going on in your life? First and foremost, are you saved? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, But I guess with that, because I'm treating them like an individual, I'm going to develop a relationship with them. Because oftentimes, and I, I honestly believe this very much so, in part because of who God has made me today, but rebellion is oftentimes a sign of a leader that is being led by Satan instead of led by Christ. Mm. But when Mm. they are bucking authority, when they are bucking the the establishment, it is because they have leadership potential that God has given to them that is being corrupted by Satan. Mm. And so I'm looking and saying, wow, you can be used of the Lord mightily if you will allow him to take control instead of allowing Satan to take control. Let me ask this. What was your church leadership doing to try to help you in that time of rebelliousness? Absolutely nothing. And that was one of the worst parts. I remember a time in my life where, and I'm going, I guess, backwards now, but that's okay. I was a teenager and I was a rebel. And I make no qualms about it. I was wrong. I was sinning. It was on me. Now, others could have helped 
and didn't. Mm -hmm. So it made the job harder, but it is not their fault that I chose sin. Right. And I want to make sure everyone knows that. No rebel can stand and point at other people and say it's all your fault. No, right. it's not. I had the I had my own individual choices to make. But I was 14, maybe 15 at this point in time. I don't remember the exact time, but I was yelling, screaming at mom. She's yelling, screaming at me. Dad's not mm -hmm. there because I'm homeschooling, I think, at this point in time. And I'm so mad. My mom can't physically do anything to me. She can't spank me anymore. She can't handle me. I'm too big, too strong. And she walks out of her room one day after yelling at me and just, I sit down and I'm so mad. I'm so angry. I literally grab her deodorant stick and I run it all over her dresser. You know, idiot. I mean, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, it's the anger coming out of me. And here's the worst part. My mom, praise God, seeks counsel. She seeks it from her pastor. And who's my pastor at the same time? But he sends his son over, who's acting as the youth leader. I wouldn't say youth pastor, but youth leader, mm -hmm. to help me. But the problem is he's never once invested in me in, yes. a, in a meaningful way yes. in yes. my life until this point. So 14, 15-year-old rebel, I could care less that you're over here. The only reason mm -hmm. you're over here is because I totally messed up everything and my mom doesn't know what to do with me. And I had run away. I mean, there were other things in my life. But, mm -hmm. but here's the problem. The next Sunday in a church of maybe 40, mm. the pastor uses an illustration with deodorant and anger. Oh, my goodness. Guess what everyone and or who everyone knows that this illustration is about from the pulpit to everyone. Right. That tells a rebel. And it's a passive aggressive. I'll use those words today. Mm. Way of handling the situation. Um, they didn't love me. They looked at me as a wicked, vile, rebel sinner. Hmm. There was no compassion. There was no grace. There was no mercy. Uh, there wasn't even chastisement in a biblical sense where it's being done out of love. So those pastors drove me further away from Christ. Hmm. So was there someone in your life that you really liked, an adult in any of the churches they were at that that you really liked and sort of admired a little bit at that point in time in my no, life. No, I mean or... just just through from the time you're little through. Yes. Okay. I did have a pastor when I was much younger. Uh, man is an amazing man of God even today. Um, but he resigned, went into evangelism when I was still young. So, mm -hmm. but I admired him and I loved him. Mm -hmm. I didn't yes. know if there was maybe a Sunday school teacher or um, somebody that that you had. You know, oftentimes what, what I've heard is people that you're fighting and you're fighting all of these things. There's still someone has made an impact, and that's that's a lot of that struggle. So just yeah. curious. I want to say, too, and I think you would agree that sometimes people get an impression that every independent fundamental Baptist church is just as you described it today. And in in the 70s, 80s, there, there was a strong movement. And there were a lot of pastors that had that idea that I've got to be super strong and I've got to be that leader and, and I'm the man of God. And we had a lot of that. But not all churches were like that. Correct. And not all pastors were like that. True. We kind of all get lumped together sometimes. But I will say this. I, I believe that you and I, Brother Wolven, others, have learned that there was a time when that strong leadership was needed. But today... We've learned to use both a strong leadership and an avenue of mercy and grace at the same time. Yes. And that works. 
Very and much that so. works. And we're going to talk about that on yeah. Wednesday. But I got to interject. I disagree with you. It's not strong leadership. It's carnality. And so that that's never helpful. You know, so uh, because we know we, we could we could fill up among us three. We could fill up 80 names on a sheet of paper that were like this. Mm-hmm. And we could fill out 80 names who preach just as hard, but they weren't like that. No. No, you know, no. so so it isn't so much the preaching as much as it is the living, you know, the 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 spirit of God that's that's filling somebody that makes them different. They they may sound the same on YouTube, they may look the same, but there's something so different. I think the difference was those guys that were carnal were following the example of another man or following the preaching style of another man where those the guys that we would list, the other 80 good guys, would be following the things of Jesus Christ. They were just strong leaders. And I think that was, yes. that was a big part of it. Right, right. So There is a, a substantial difference between a leader that is following Christ mm-hmm. and a leader that is following the world, right. yeah. Satan himself, whom, right. whatever else yep. you want to say, Christ is not a part of that. Right. And unfortunately, sometimes we as Christians, especially we as pastors, will take a leadership style from a worldly perspective. That yes. I have to be strong, and I think strong means I am angry, and I am right. hot, and I am the authority, and no one can say anything against right. me. And those are unfortunately thoughts that good guys have, I would say carnal, mm-hmm. like you, but they they're wrong because they're not biblical yes mm-hmm. exactly and there's the problem they're not I can, spirit i remember growing up and doc thompson was as tough and as hard of a preacher as you would find yeah. but i remember him many many times saying you macho guys you think you're so tough you know you you don't even have enough compassion to to you know kiss your children and pray with them at night you don't i, I mean so he you know yeah he was a roaring bear in the pulpit but he was mm-hmm. like a teddy bear out of the pulpit sort mm-hmm. of you know yes. but but you know so that that does exist of you know that harshness or hardness and men ought to be tough i mean <laughs> we're living in a society that's taught that men shouldn't be tough but you're not going to have the spirit of God that that would not allow you to be gentle. You know, Jesus took children up in his yes, arms. Right. There was never a greater man than he. Right. We got to leave it there. We got to leave something for Wednesday and Friday. Wow. <laughs> Sounds great. Great start. Amen. Great start. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing your heart. And uh, that's a hard testimony. It's a hard testimony. It's not one that we always want to share. And, and, and your testimony starts where ours starts with Jesus Christ and where we started living for him and giving our lives completely to him. And that's a greater part of the story. But Amen. I think it's important for especially our younger listeners, our teen listeners, to know that there are people that come from some very difficult situations. And and maybe you're that teenager today that's rebellious. Maybe you're the one that's thinking, I want to leave. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm not going to go to church. Or maybe you're going to church and putting your tithe in the offering and living like the devil the rest of the week and know that that, that doesn't suffice either. And so that, that's what I got from that. And uh, I will tell you that we've gotten to know Missy, Melissa, as I like to call her, because everybody else calls her Missy. I or call her Melissa. Olivia. Olivia. Yes. Is that her, that's her middle name, right? No. no is this it's, another name? It's just an inside joke. Okay. Yes. Oh. Yeah. And she's going to listen to this and be very upset with you right now. And I love it. <laughs> Melissa, I didn't say that. But uh, great girl. And what a, what a spirit. I, I noticed Sunday, 
every song that was sung, she's bawling her eyes out. Mm. And she just, I could just tell, the, the first one talked about the Lord just loving us. And I could just tell, she's thinking her life. And she's thinking, why does the Lord love me? And But he does. Amen. It's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I'm Al Stone. I am having a great time here in Mount Vernon at uh, the Missions Conference. And and this church has promised to do something incredible. Would you pray with them? Because Amen. Pastor needs it. Yes. That they'd be able to do what they've committed to do very quickly. I appreciate it so much. Thank you for caring for our country and for our project. And I love you for that. I appreciate it. I'm Al Stone. This is Dan Wolven, not in Columbus, Ohio, in the bowels, the bowels no. of the North Columbus no. Baptist Church. We are up in the Eagle's Nest yes. in Mount Vernon. So, uh, ha! Ha! <laughs> oh, sorry. That, that's a crow. That's a crow. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Joshua Lehman, Lehman. not Lehman, but Joshua Lehman, the pastor of Mount Vernon Baptist Temple, and just loving to share the journey God has Amen. me on so that I may help others and point them to Jesus. Amen. This is Tim Tox. We'll be back on Wednesday. We hope you have a great day. eh? We are ready. You be ready. Wednesday's coming. This is Tim Tox. You've been listening to Tim Talks, taking interest in ministry, with new podcasts added each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. To learn more about your hosts, Dr. Al Stone and Pastor Dan Wolven, you can visit us at timtalks.com. That's T-I-I-M talks.com.